In a career spanning over three decades, Brandon House has distinguished himself as a leading voice in public broadcasting. With a legacy marked by groundbreaking achievements and an unwavering commitment to informing and engaging audiences across the nation. He's published 15 books and has been on over 3,000 radio and television programs. His daily radio program reaches millions worldwide across 67 radio stations. He founded WorldViewTube.com and co-founded Lindell TV with MyPillow CEO, Mike Lindell. And now, with a wealth of experience spanning 31 years, Brandon joins forces with General Michael Flynn and team on a mission to build the preeminent broadcast news network of our time, Patriot.tv. The landscape of broadcast news is being redefined, and American media will never be the same. This is Brandon House Live. Good evening and welcome to the broadcast. Glad you are with us. We're going to be joined tonight by Robert Spencer of Jihad Watch. And then we're going to be joined by Todd Benzman. And we have a story related to something we've been warning about some time, as you guys know, along with Gordon Chang and others. And that is that we have an invasion going on in the country by the CCP. But is somebody arming them? There's another story out tonight that... Uh, the Biden regime may indeed no have knowledge that the CCP is sending their military age males here and then arming them with weaponry to turn semi-automatics into automatic weapons. What could possibly go wrong? Todd Benzman joins us on many of those topics. Then we'll be joined by Jason Pratt. He's a literal rocket scientist. Apparently we, we have an American company that's gone back to the moon, but I think the, uh, spacecraft has tipped over on its side. We're going to have some pictures and video and uh, interview him, a man that has sent rockets into space numerous times. His expertise as a rocket scientist, retired uh, Navy test pilot, and worked, again, putting rockets up for the U.S. government and satellites. He joins us tonight. And then Leo Holman. Hey, wait a minute now. Listen up. There is a plan afoot in Michigan. What could possibly be further bad news about Michigan that we could uncover because it just seems to be nonstop up there. They're destroying the co the communists, the Marxists are destroying a beautiful state, the state of Michigan. And now apparently, according to video, we'll bring to you from a state board of education meeting, the attorney general of Michigan wants to have the ability to go into the house, the home of homeschoolers without a warrant. She apparently wants to compile a database of those that homeschool their children and then have warrantless searches of those homes. And then, of course, we're going to get to what Laura Logan had to say today before a committee with U.S. Senator Ron Johnson. Laura texted me last night and, and let me know that she was going to be testifying today. And I thanked her for letting me know because I definitely wanted to track it and be aware of it. And so she did a great job. We're going to bring that to you. Laura Logan testifying before Ron Johnson's committee today. And we have some other video clips to play for you as well, including, my friends, we have, uh, well, video footage of a man that has set himself on fire. It's graphic. It is scrambled. We won't show you unscrambled video of that. But this guy was with the U.S. military. He set himself on fire calling for free Palestine. 
What does that tell us about the state of some in our U.S. military, folks? That's a very important question. And then how about this? The CIA supposedly built 12 secret spy bases in Ukraine. We'll get to a video clip of that. And now we have news that perhaps there was an assassination attempt against Tucker Carlson while he was overseas. Hmm. We'll get to that as well. Are we moving closer and closer to a conflict with Russia that's being furthered by our own CIA and the military-industrial complex and the deep state? I'm afraid we are. We'll talk to Leo Holman about all that and more. Let's start out first with our friend Robert Spencer of JihadWatch.org. But before we do that, by the way, let me welcome all of you that are watching at WorldviewTube.com and at Patriot.tv. Tonight, we added a brand new primetime host, Jason Car uh, <laughs> Jason Lewis. I keep wanting to say another last name because of a friend of mine <laughs> named Jason, but a different last name. Jason Lewis. Jason has been a friend of mine for 20 years, and I have wanted to bring him, uh, well, to you with a new show for some time. It just wasn't the right time. Now is the right time and the right network to bring you a brand new show by Jason Lewis. It started tonight at 5 o'clock Central, so he'll be back tomorrow night at 5 Central. And uh, it is, folks, something that he's very used to doing. He was a talk show host for many, many years, and he used to sit in regularly for Rush Limbaugh. And then he went to the U.S. Congress, representing a district out of Minnesota. And then he ran for U.S. Senate, and uh, he lost that. I think it could have been some fraud involved in that one, though. Uh, it, but, you know, the loss for Minnesota is our game because we now have him at Patriot.TV. When uh, I was brought on board as the chief operating officer and president of Patriot.TV by General Michael Flynn, Mark Sheffline, Floyd Brown, one of the first things I did was I said, I want to add Jason Lewis. That was the first phone call I made to add as a talk show host primetime to this lineup was Jason Lewis. And so we are so happy to have him on board with his show, a brand new studio that Logan and I and team built for him in Florida. And if you saw it tonight, folks, it's a gorgeous studio, isn't it? Uh, multiple camera shots sitting at a real news desk. In fact, I have three other news desks being built and manufactured right now. One will go to General Flynn, one will go to Roger Stone, and one will go to another host who will soon be named. We're putting our host at real news desks, folks. We're not running a podcast. We're running a real news broadcast outlet, and we're going to look like it because that's what we are. So you'll, you'll have seen that tonight if you watched his show. It looks great, and I hope you'll catch it tomorrow night. Patriot.tv, 5 o'clock Central, 6 Eastern, the Jason Lewis broadcast. Then tonight we had General Michael Flynn from 6 to 7 Central. And uh, this week he'll be joining us with a lot of special guests. Had Colonel McGregor on tomorrow night. Uh, we have some guests as well as later in the week he's going to have Vivek Ramaswamy on. Vivek Ramaswamy will join him. A lot of high-profile guests this week as In the Skip with General Flynn features from 6 to 7 Central this week. And then next week in that slot will debut a brand new host. Now this is a lady that I have respected for some time. She's intelligent. She is well-read. She is the author of several books and she also has years of experience in front of a camera and on radio. And folks, as I pick these hosts and I interview them and I call them up, I am looking for people that have broadcast backgrounds, beautiful resumes, knowledge and information, but professionals, not podcasters. We are not building a podcast network, folks. We are building one of the premier conservative, the premier conservative broadcast platform 
in not only in America, but with an international audience as well. So I'm going for hosts that have years of experience, and that's going to show. And so a week from tonight, we will launch another primetime host, and you're going to love her. Wait till I announce that. And we're already still have more to go. We have another host coming on board soon in the 9 o'clock slot. So, folks, get ready. And I think tomorrow, perhaps tomorrow, maybe Wednesday, but I think maybe tomorrow, we will launch the brand new website of Patriot.tv. We've been working on that all weekend. Wait till you see it, folks. It's beautiful. It's going to be a brand new website coming this week for Patriot.tv. Lots of things happening. We're very excited about it. Hope you are as well. Yes, we will be rolling out a Roku channel. We'll be rolling out an app, push notifications, and much more. And yes, there'll be some projects that are joint projects between Worldview Tube and Patriot.tv, like the Worldview Report, Brandon House Live, and a few other shows that we're going to be bringing to you. The show of Colonel Mills, the two docs, an OBGYN, an OBGYN and a pediatrician. I'm going to bring that over on the weekends from Worldview Tube. So there'll be some synergy between my network, Worldview Tube, and Patriot.tv. And again, it's an honor to be brought on board by General Flynn to build this broadcast platform from the ground up at a time when America needs, well, an outlet just like this to counter all the lies, the dif disinformation, the psychological operations, and all that's happening to try to destroy our republic. We hope to be a, a beacon of truth here for you, and that's what we'll endeavor to do. Well, a guy that has been speaking truth for some time, but not without a high price, including an attempt on his life by ISIS to murder him a few years ago, along with Pamela Geller, is my friend Robert Spencer. He is the man that maintains the website jihadwatch.org. He's the author of numerous books. And, well, they're after Robert Spencer again. We now have this headline, Google Gemini AI rules Robert Spencer video about survival of West hateful and discriminatory. He joins me now. Robert, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks for joining us. Always good to see you, Brandon. Thank you. Oh, it is always great to have another Islamophobic individual <laughs> with us, you know, <laughs> and that's what we're called, right? For just speaking truth about Islam. Uh, let's go to this. I uh, Many of the, the folks in the audience don't even know what Google Gemini is. I, I'm not sure I know what it is. I know what ChatGPT is, barely. But what is Google Gemini? What is that? Well, that apparently is Google's brand for its artificial intelligence uh, conglomerate that is uh, apparently being positioned by Google as well as by the other social media giants. They're all positioning their AI as replacing encyclopedias, replacing critical thought really in some, and ultimately becoming the source, the summit, the arbiter of all knowledge. This is an extremely ambitious project, but I'm not overstating it at all. That is what they intend to do, that you want to find something out, you go to AI and AI tells you. And the problem, of course, with this is that AI is just as far to the left as the social media giants are in general. And so this, uh, what happened was I did an interview with the lady who's pictured there on the screen, Kate Wand, who has a uh, show out of Canada. And uh, she wanted to interview me about my book, Empire of God, which you can also see on the screen there. Uh, it's a history of the Byzantine Empire and a discussion of what we can learn as a civilization and how much we benefit from what the uh, Byzantine Empire gave us, and very few people know this. So it was really kind of a historical discussion 
not a sharp-edged political discussion, but Kate Wand ran it through Gemini AI to get a translation available, which is apparently a service that they offer. And they said, no, you can't do that because it's got Spencer in it. And uh, of course, they didn't have any idea what was actually in the interview. They didn't know that the interview was quite innocuous, but they don't care because I have been classified as uh, teaching hate because I speak the truth about Islam's doctrines of violence and subjugation of unbelievers, its misogyny and so on. And so as a result, everything that I do is either restricted in some way or banned altogether. Wow. Well, Robert, you're a truth teller and that's why that happened, of course. Um, now we reported on our my broadcast tonight, Worldview Report, the nightly newscast, about a, an imam in France. Uh, apparently he said something about the flag there, and I guess he's been living there for decades, but boy, howdy, it didn't take but a few hours to deport him. And I, I read in the report they wanted to say that he was uh, uh, an extremist and different ways they described him. And I thought, <laughs> folks... <laughs> You're trying to make this guy out to be some kind of radical who's distorted Islam. He's just following Islam. But did you read that report? Because the, the media and the government want to act like he was somehow outside the margins and, and the norm and the center of Islam being an extremist. But you and I know that's just Islam. He's just practicing the Quran and the Hadith. True? Yeah, absolutely, Brandon. We had this at Jihad Watch where we track this kind of thing every day, jihadwatch.org. And so we had the full story there of this imam. He was deported quickly because he said that the tricolor, which is the way that the French refer to their flag as its three colors, is satanic and was not from not something that was compatible with faith in Allah. And so the French have adopted a no tolerance policy in the wake of rioting and in the wake of a number of events, including the beheading of a school teacher for showing drawings of Muhammad to his class. And so they immediately deported him. Now, the joke's on them, really, because as you've noted, and as we noted at Jihad Watch a few days ago, this is something that is taught by all the imams, because Islam teaches that the ummah, the worldwide Islamic community, is the only thing that Muslims owe loyalty to. They don't owe any loyalty to the state, especially to an infidel state that does not follow Islamic law. And consequently, there isn't any imam in France who would disagree if he were speaking honestly with the imam who got deported. But the French authorities, just like authorities all over the West, have fooled themselves into thinking that this isn't really anything they need to worry about that the vast majority of the Muslims in France are completely loyal citizens who accept the parameters of the French secular government as it is currently constituted. They're fooling themselves, they're lying to their people, and they're whistling in the dark, and that's becoming increasingly apparent. So let me get this straight. Google's Gemini AI says you're an extremist and hate speech, and the government of France says the imam is hate speech. So isn't that interesting? You're, you're, you're telling the truth about Islam and you're accused of hate speech. He's practicing Islam as according to the Quran and the Hadiths, and he's called practicing hate speech an extremist and gets kicked out. W what does this tell you about where things are going with AI and social credit scores? W where do you think this is going? Are, well, will there be a move to squish everyone into the center and then 
any of those on the political right, the Christian right, the Islamist will be put out as the extremists and there'll be only the center that's allowed that they deem as acceptable? What's happening here? That's what they're trying to do, but they're going to run up against the reality of Islam. Right? <laughs> yeah, they are. You know, they love Islam and they have been encouraging it and encouraging this mass migration of Muslims into Europe and to a lesser degree into North America. And they have no idea that they have brought these radically intolerant people who have this worldview of supremacism, subjugation and conquest. They don't have any idea about what they've done. And so they think they can deport this imam and deport a few other bad apples and the rest of them will march together with the with the non-Muslim French into the glorious multicultural future. And they're like I said, they're whistling in the dark. They're going to find out that all of the imams think this way. And I think that actually, aside from these French authorities who were involved in this particular case, most of the international leftist leadership actually does know what they're dealing with in regard to Islam, and they're fine with it because they want to establish an international authoritarian entity, a supranational state that denies basic rights that we take for granted today. And that's what Islam is, but it's a supranational state that denies basic rights. Islam lends itself to authoritarianism. Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, said in a hadith, a report about his words and deeds, obey your ruler even if he is an Ethiopian with a head like a raisin. Now that's often quoted as indicating that Muhammad was a racist, and that's certainly a case you can make. But I think what's even more important is that he's saying, obey your ruler, even if he's the most outlandish person I can think of. Obey your ruler no matter what. And so that is just what the left wants to hear, because the left doesn't believe in free inquiry. It's trying to criminalize dissent in the United States right now, witness all the persecution of Trump, all the trumped up, so to speak, legal uh, trials that he's facing. And not only Trump. But remember that the Biden regime sicked the FBI on parents who were protesting at school board meetings. It sent agents into Catholic churches looking for extremists, so-called. And so this is a, a radically anti-American presidency that is working against the American Republic as it has been constituted since 1776 and is trying to stamp out legitimate, loyal opposition in the United States and make their point of view the only point of view that's allowed to be enunciated. And that's exactly what Islam does. So the left loves Islam. That's why they've been encouraging it. They make cosmetic moves like throwing this imam out in France, but ultimately it's all working together. So what you're saying is that ultimately we'll have, an, have a supra-authority. I write about this in one of my books, back in 2015, a super authority global governance is where I think we're going. I think it's going to be Eurocentric in, yeah. my, in my opinion, but a super authority, what you're saying is it won't, well, they'll do a few things like this every now and then. Ultimately, this super authority will get along just fine with Islam because they're going to use Islam to de-Christianize the West. Yeah. And see, Christianity teaches the that uh, human beings are made in the image of God, and that creates a, an inherent dignity to the human person. And that's not compatible with things like abortion, euthanasia, all the things that the left loves. Transgenderism, he created the male and female, uh, it contradicts all that. And so they want to destroy Christianity. They want to destroy Judaism. But Islam is okay 
with all that. People don't realize this. They think, oh, these are moral, straight-laced people. They don't realize Islam does allow for abortion. And with all the killing in Islam uh, as it is, with the sanctification of violence and the, and, and the ex exhortations to warfare against unbelievers, it's easy to see that people who don't value life would think, oh, these people are kindred spirits, and they do. Well, what would you say uh, Islam allows for abortion? Can you give me an example? Well, there, you can find it easily if you go to uh, places like Islam Q&A online and other fatwa sites that tell you what Islam teaches. They answer questions from Muslims. Uh, Islam allows for abortion generally after th uh, up, up until six months, I believe it is. But in any case, there's it's, it's radically different from the total pro-life position that arises from the idea of the dignity of the human person that these people are in Islam, they're just considered to be slaves of Allah and Allah might uh, decide to withhold the life from various people. That's but, his but they're not for abortion when it comes to their own people, right? Yeah, well, it's generally actually something that's allowed, but it, you're right that there's certainly a, de a devaluation of life when you're talking about non-Muslims. Yeah, yeah, As yeah. a matter of fact, Islamic legal manuals even stipulate that, you know, you can pay blood money if you murder someone in the Islamic scheme of things rather than go to prison. And you pay less if you've killed a non-Muslim. And there are various sliding scales for what kind of non-Muslim you've killed. And you it, because a non-Muslim's life is not worth as much as that of a Muslim. Let's go to this last one over at Jihad Watch. UK Islamic scholar, quote, if you go outside, you would think you are in a second Afghanistan, but you are in London a stand. Oh, wow. So uh, this is a real problem. And of course, we are seeing more and more anti-Semitism come out of the UK. I was talking about that today on my radio show, the amount of uh, anti-Semitism coming out of the UK. Many Jews are fleeing the UK. Uh, the anti-Semitism is sadly rising in America, as we know, big time. So uh, it, it's the UK is not going to be a safe place, and it isn't right now, really, for for Jews. And now we know, with under their Muslim mayor in London, this 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 Islamic scholar is saying it's it's not Afghanistan, it's London, a stand. Comment on this, please. Yeah, this is Haitam Haddad, and he is an imam in London, and he was touting all the advances that Muslims have made in the UK over the last twenty years, really since nine eleven. And this is true because after 9-11, it was a great victory for the Muslims because they began to claim that they were victims of Islamophobia and to play the race card. And it worked wonderfully well with the American left and the British left and the continental European left. And so they gained all kinds of concessions and there was mass migration of Muslims into these countries. And so now this imam in London is crowing that London is now Londonistan. And I think it's kind of ironic because about 10 or 15 years ago, uh, maybe even longer ago, a British writer wrote a book, Londonistan, warning about the Islamization of Britain. And I saw that myself when I was in London last in 2009. And probably about every fourth person walking by as I sat there on the street, just watching people walk by. Every third or fourth person was wearing hijab or wearing the kufi and the kaftan islamic dress uh there are big big uh mosques 
giving a sense of permanence all over London. There are also many mosques that are very clearly converted churches. And that was 13, 14 years ago. Ooh. Now he's taking Londonistan, which was a, a warning, and using it as a badge of honor that they've virtually completed the conquest of Britain. And it's true, actually, uh, just the other day, we started to get news out of Britain that there are many MPs who have been threatened over their support for Israel, and they fear for their lives. And it's very clear that the Muslim groups, they feel so emboldened and so empowered in Britain now that they're not even hesitating to threaten members of parliament because they know nothing will happen to them. They know they're in the driver's seat now in Britain. As a matter of fact, Suella Braverman, the former Home Secretary, said it very clearly. The Islamists, as she called them, are in charge now. And that's true. Well, that's they are exactly right. Now. She said they are in charge. The uh, The Islamists and the anti-Semites are now in charge in the UK. That's what she said. I reported it on my show today at, at Worldview Report, or excuse me, on Worldview Radio at worldviewtube.com today. Absolutely. Jihadwatch.org. Here's the site, folks. Jihadwatch.org. I hope you'll visit lots of articles. In fact, I'll just take you to the homepage here. There are more articles here than we have time to get to tonight, so I hope you'll visit it. It's the website of my friend Robert Spencer, a brave man. Jihadwatch.org. Jihadwatch.org. Uh, folks, I used to interview some other folks about Islam. Many of those people have left the field. They, for some reason, have completely, and it's their right to do. Some of them have gotten married. Some of them have had children. Some of them have decided that they have done enough, and they have exited the field. Uh, Robert and I have many of these friends we know. They have just, they're gone. They're no longer speaking. The price has become too high for them. And I'm not judging them. Everyone must make the choice for what is best for them and their spouse and their children and grandchildren. So I am not here to disparage anyone. But what I am here to tell you is we used to have more people we would interview about this who are doing amazing work, great work. But they feel for their families, what's best for them is to cease that work. One guy that has refused to cease that, even though ISIS literally came to kill him and those two terrorists end up being killed themselves, uh, that was Robert Spencer. He has not left the field. Robert, thank you for not leaving the field and for being with us. And those that have, we pray for their protection and thank them for their service. So I'm not disparaging them, but I am telling our audience, uh, you're a brave man and I appreciate your staying here with us. Thank you very much. And likewise, Brandon, appreciate you still being around. It's been uh, quite a number of years since that guy was out the, in the parking lot at your uh, event. And so I commend you also for continuing. Well, thank you. We'll keep going together. Jihadwatch.org. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Robert Spencer checking in. Check out his site, folks. Uh, jihadwatch.org. Jihadwatch.org. Joining me now is Todd Benzman. Todd has a brand new article out tonight, and I'm going to talk to him not only about that article, but another article that's out tonight that is quite scary. But he joins us tonight to talk about a brand new New York Post article. Todd, welcome back to the broadcast. Thanks for being with us. Great to be here, as usual. Uh, it's been, uh, what, a week? I don't know. No, it's been longer than that. It's been longer than a week, I think. I think, at least I think it has, but who knows? It's all running together with the launch of Patriot.tv and all that we got uh, going on, but we're really glad to have you here with us. All right, you have a new piece out at the uh, at the uh, New York Post. Can you tell me about that article, please? Right, well, none of your audience is going to be surprised to hear <laughs> that Chinese are crossing the southern border. But what's different about this piece 
is the context uh, in which they they are coming uh, in terms of talking points that have not been brought up, not has not been raised yet about this traffic. First of all, we've seen about 44,000 cross the border that we know of that have been apprehended, turned in. All of them are pretty much released uh, into the country within a matter of a day or two. Um, it used to be that there was a rule that says that we need to interview them and ask about 40 prepared questions. But the Biden administration reduced that to five questions because 40 took too long to get them into the country, so they reduced it. Uh, the issue here is that the Department of Homeland Security and the intelligence community have released the 2024 threat assessment for the United States, which talks a lot about the threat from Chinese espionage uh, in a way that we haven't really heard before. For example, the threat assessment uh, predicts that in 2024 that there will be uh, aggressive Chinese espionage activity aimed at dissidents in the U.S. And what that means is, according to the to the Department of Homeland Security threat assessment, is physical assault, violence, uh, threats, um, and and rendition, which is basically kidnapping. I'll trick you into meeting me somewhere in Mexico or Canada, and then we're gonna take you on to Beijing, and you're never gonna leave again. That sort of thing, uh, and that. There are unofficial police stations in the United States filled with uh, Chinese communist government operatives that are in these police stations just looking for people in their community that are speaking out against the communist Chinese party. Uh, that the espionage services of China are going to be working very hard using AI-driven uh, social media campaigns to divide America and create disinformation and malinformation about the election coming up. And you can imagine who they're most going to try to disrupt, whose election campaign they're most likely gonna disrupt. Um, it's not gonna be Donald Trump's that, I mean, it's not going to be Joe Biden's rather, I'm sorry. Um, the point that I'm trying to make here is that uh, the agents, the people that, that without any doubt are crossing the southern border because that's just what the Chinese do. There's, there's almost no chance whatsoever that some of those 44,000 are going to be spies and operatives of the government. Uh, there, there's no chance that some of them are not spies uh, coming in to conduct these kind of operations, uh, but that the Biden administration has reduced the amount, what minimal amount of vetting that there already was at the border, again, from 40 questions to five. And I, I would venture to say they're not even doing the five. They're just pretty much letting everyone in. And I make the point also in this piece that by the time our counterintelligence agents and services ever roust any of these guys, men or women, 
it's going to be too late. It's going to take years. They're trained to uh, avoid detection. Uh, and by then, I suspect that they will be uh, entering military service in the U.S., uh, finding their way into top research institutions like they do now on legal visas, uh, and that they will enter government service uh, propose, uh, you know, proposing as uh, maybe anti-communists themselves. And it's going to be years before we can find any of them, but we will find them eventually. It'll just be too late. There'll be grave damage done. That's the gist of the piece. There'll be grave damage done. What kind of grave damage, Todd Binsman? Well, what they do, uh, we've seen this in, in the Trump years under a program called the China Initiative, which was this aggressive FBI counterintelligence uh, uh, endeavor to prosecute, to find and prosecute Chinese spies who had infiltrated our student visas uh, systems and application processes to get into the top universities and research institutions in this country and exfiltrate all our best technology, all of our best cutting-edge defense-related research. Um, that is an activity that the intelligence community threat assessment, which is a public document, I link to it, you can go read it yourselves, says will continue aggressively uh, all of this year, uh, influence operations through social media. You don't have to actually be in the country to do that, but but it certainly doesn't hurt to be allowed into the country to work uh, and to um, join our universities, join our military through these sort of fast-track citizenship programs that are available to them. I want to say also that the... The Biden administration in its very first weeks in office ended the China initiative. They ended it in July of 2021. This was a highly, hugely successful prosecution program that the Trump administration stood up. They ended it. They also dropped charges against five of those spies. They were strong charges. I was I'd read every one of the court records involved in those cases. Uh, they they dropped those charges as an an offering to the Chinese government to 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 say you know we're sorry for what Donald Trump did with all of this. Uh, and then on top of that, the Trump administration almost had a regulation baked uh, finished. They just needed a little bit more time that would have required a lot more vetting and more frequent vetting of Chinese coming in on the F-1 student visas and the J-1 cultural exchange visas, the scholarship visas, um, and, and, and to reduce them. And the very first thing that the Biden administration did was they got rid of that. These are uh, makeup presents to the Chinese government for Donald Trump. And so is letting 44,000 of the, their young men and women into the country over the border with only asking them five questions. Good grief. All right. I got to wrap quick, but look at this. This is from okay. Breitbart News tonight. Uh, blood money leaked U.S. federal law enforcement documents reveal how China is secretly arming American criminals with machine guns. Let that sink in for a minute, folks. Let that sink in. 
Now, remember, we had the sheriff in Butler County, Ohio, after he got a briefing in Washington, came back and gave a press release uh, and press conference. We showed it here. He said he's putting AR-15s in all the cars with am extra ammo for his sheriffs. Uh, he might want to think about kicking that up to submachine guns because here's what this report says. The communist Chinese government has been flooding the United States with its illicit, illicit gun parts. Let's go to that. I'll push the button. There we go. I can do that too, guys, from out here. As part of a disintegration warfare strategy, it is employing against America aimed at tearing the country apart from the inside. According to a blockbuster new book by Breitbart News senior contributor Peter Schweizer. Did I say it? Schweizer? Uh, in Blood Money, Why the Powerful Turn... Why the powerful turn a blind eye while China kills Americans? He reveals how Chinese companies, which are heavily regulated by the Chinese government, are flooding the U.S. with auto-sear switches. That's a small metal device known as a Glock, as Glock switches, that can convert handguns into machine guns. They are illegal for most gun owners in the U.S., but are being shipped in boxes by the thousands from China. That's what he's reporting. With fentanyl, the Chinese government is sending the auto seer switches to sow chaos and death inside the U.S. as part of a disintegration warfare strategy, according to Peter Schweitzer. Um, this is uh, this information, Todd, is lining up with what Gordon Chang reported last week at the Gatestone Institute which was pictures of Chinese nationals, CCP military-aged males, getting here, no documentation, no job, nowhere to live, but voila, all of a sudden they got pictures of them on the firing range practicing with semi-automatics. Where are they getting these expensive semi-automatics and the ammunition? Now we may know. I know, we may have to read, I'm going to definitely read that book. Uh, oh, so this is new like, information to you? Yeah, yeah, I'm unaware of that, uh, you know. If I don't know about something, I'll I'll tell you. Yeah, well, we always but, appreciate your honesty, and there's so much that you and I are both trying to keep up with. It is now getting biased. There, we we are missing uh, some of the pitches, no doubt about it, because it is moving so fast. But I, I mean, I just saw this tonight, like 20 minutes before we came on the air. So I'm just finding out about this as well, and 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 I would have to spend time validating it if it wasn't for where it came from, because we all know that this guy, this author, Peter Schweitzer, has been on this for a while. Well, I, I don't know anything about what he's reporting. I am going to buy the book, though. It sounds great. But I will say that uh, we are importing over that border gang members from 100 different countries. And it would make absolutely perfect sense. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we were importing syndicate, Chinese syndicate operatives over the border I, I'm not saying that's happening, but I certainly would not be surprised if that was happening. Uh, some of the Chinese uh, people that I've met down there might fit the bill. Uh, I mean, anything like that is possible in this day and age when we're just letting anybody and everybody over the border without really vetting or questioning them or even requiring valid ID. So, I mean, the Chinese syndicates are real. They're dangerous. They kill. Uh, they they are doing a lot of the human smuggling uh, of of uh, people over the border. They have for years and years. This isn't the first time that Chinese have been coming over the border. They they just come in smaller numbers. You know, six seven hundred a year, not forty four thousand 
Well, we're but General Flynn and others have been using the figure 100,000 the last few days. Where are, you, where are you hearing that same number? No, I mean, I just counted them up on, on the CBP uh, website. There may be uh, more that I'm unaware of. Uh, maybe uh, people that have come in under the CBP-1 program. Uh, I know some have come in through that, you know, the app. I didn't think it would be that many more. And maybe they're jumping the border and running too. Yeah, I'm getting several guys like General Flynn and others now. This and he's not the only one. They're all there's several of them come on this show. They've been using the number a hundred thousand. Uh, Forty thousand are just the ones that are that have turned themselves into border patrol. Oh well, patrol. then that would make sense if they figured the gotaways yep. into it. Uh, look at this from the article by Peter Schweitzer. According accordingly, between 2019 and 2021, there was a rise of 4,200 percent in incidents involving machine gun fire in 130 American cities. Although some of the illegal auto switches are made on 3D printers in the U.S., quote, the vast majority on the street, and quote, are from China and are much higher quality than those made on 3D printers, he writes. You know, it's, I just found this out 20 minutes for going on the air, but on my radio show today, slash TV show at worldviewtube.com at 1 o'clock Central, I told my audience, I said, guys, stop playing video games. Uh, you don't need to play Call of Duty because you're about to play it in real life if what I think is coming is coming. And that's where I knew that the Chinese were pumping, you know, these uh, switches in here to uh, turn a semi-automatic into an automatic. But I did say to my radio audience and TV audience, I said, men, how many of you listening to this have made plans of how you're going to defend your home uh, from multiple directions? You might want to think now, how about when it hits the fan, how are you going to defend your home from multiple directions? you got to be thinking now about what you're going to do to harden your own house because when we have some of these terrorist attacks happen in the United States, God forbid, and I think it's coming because Hamas has told us they're going to do what they did October 7th in the U.S. We have guys that I've been interviewing since 2008, how they're going to carry out a Ben's Lawn-type incident in America and kill 300-plus, many of them being children, as was done in Ben's Lawn. Um, when that happens, your local police folks are going to be overwhelmed. Uh and, and sadly, I think many of them are going to be uh, overwhelmed and shooting back with the equivalent of nine millimeters and 45s with semi-automatics. They're not going to be able to help you. You better be prepared to help yourself. And then you add this into the mix tonight that I'm just finding out about 20 minutes ago. Todd finding about it live on the air. Peter Schweitzer's new book. Uh, let me go to this by you. Um, you have something coming up here. What is this all about? Boston is full. The border is broken. What's going on? You're speaking at something coming up on March 5th. Is that right? That's right. I will be in Boston March 5th to speak about the border uh, right at ground zero for Massachusetts of their mass migration crisis. Because remember, all these millions of illegal immigrants have to go somewhere to live. And Massachusetts is a magnet. For them because they're just giving all sorts of free stuff so uh it's a it's a lucrative place for them to go it's a very attractive place it's a sanctuary uh city uh and i guess i will be in the community you can see the um uh details right there right in the community uh where thousands and thousands of them are being sheltered in different kinds of buildings and uh, school facilities and so forth. And some local activists uh, thought it would be a good idea to bring me in there too. I think it's uh, a great idea for, to bring you in. And I would ask everybody to, well, put that back up, please. I would ask everybody to take a screenshot of that right now. 
You can go to me. Full. Go to hit. Go to this. That's that. There we go. I see our last guest has already made it in. Uh, this is what I need you guys to do. Take a screenshot of that, folks, and send it to all your friends living in or near Boston. All your friends living in or near Boston, have them know about this to go and hear my friend Todd Benzman. And if they do, tell them you heard about it on Brennan House Live. But folks, I brought him into my national conference, well-received this last fall, Todd speaking. You should make this event March 5th, 2024. Go and help this local group getting organized. I get nothing for saying that, but folks, we are all in the same team and you need to turn out and get folks to be there. Take a picture. If you don't live near Boston, but you know people that do, take a picture of that right now, send it to anyone near or around Boston and tell them they need to get there. How about that, Todd? That's great. Thank you. More than I could have asked for. I appreciate that. <laughs> Glad to do it. All right. Todd Binsman is the website, toddbinsman.com. And he writes for and works. His paycheck, I think, comes from cis.org. So we want to promote them so we can keep that paycheck going so that uh, he can keep doing this work. CIS, which I think stands for the Center for Immigration Studies, cis.org is his main website that of the group he works for, cis.org. But his website is toddbinsman.com. Right, Todd? That's right. And you can sign up for my free newsletter there and stay abreast of all my work. I am pumping it out right now and probably will for the uh, duration of the election season. Well, be careful, my friend. Keep your head on a swivel. Todd Binsman checking in. Thank you, Todd. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back. We're going to be joined by a guy that's a literal rocket scientist, put up rockets for the U.S. government as a Navy guy, put up satellites and rockets. He's a former fighter pilot, literal rocket scientist, no joke. And he's going to tell us about this, this uh, spacecraft that just landed on the moon, I think tipped over, some interesting pictures and some commentary about that. And then we're going to go to our friend, Leo Holman. We have a lot of breaking news and some clips, including our friend Laura Logan speaking before a panel today for U.S. Senator Ron Johnson. We also have a scary video, and that uh, is of a State Board of Education meeting in Chicago where one man comes to the defense of we the people. I was very impressed with his comments. He said that the Attorney General of Michigan, Dana Nessel, has said the quiet part out loud. She wants, she wants the ability to have a list of all those homeschooling their children and then warrantless searches of those homes. This man gave a warning and it's on video in a meeting that they were having. You gotta see that video and several other clips I want to bring to you tonight before our hour is up. It's Brandon House Live. I am Brandon House. My main page is worldviewtube.com, where I archive my show. We broadcast live, but we are also now, of course, double streaming. We're at worldviewtube.com. We are at patriot.tv. And we'll be right back after this break. MelissaHouseBG.com Bella Grace Elixir She called me today. And she told me something, and I said, you have got to tell the audience this. They need to hear this, because it's really good news for those of you that, well, are taking Bella Grace. What happened today? Well, I went to my hairdresser, and I had not told her um, about this product that I've been taking. And she was blow-drying my hair. She said, "You, I just noticed when I was parting your hair and fixing it that you have a bunch of new hair growth. I've been going to this lady for probably 13 years, and she's never said that to me. And I had noticed it, but for the fact that she, the fact that she noticed it was, I had to call Brand right away and tell him. We, we have not <laughs> mentioned this a lot. 
because you know we're not we're not going to make claims, okay? Right. right. You can go to the website, you can read the testimonials, you can read the clinical reviews, the clinical tri trials, but we're not prone to making a lot of claims about the product other than personally. And I wanted to take it for a while. And we wanted to I... take and try it. But we had heard that one of the things this would do... Well, collagen will grow your grow hair. Grow your hair. Collagen mm -hmm. supposedly grows your hair. She said, you've never had this before. I just, I don't... But we had heard that was the testimony of others, but we we can't go on that. She saw it on her own without me even telling her that I was... And then I went on to tell her that I've been taking What you were taking. Product, yes. Her own hairdresser mm -hmm. said, you've got more hair and new hair coming in up top. Yeah, What's... she just said, you've never had this like this, and it's growing, and you just have all these baby hairs growing in, and they're kind of curly and so I just told her that what I was taking and she was amazed so melissahousebg.com superfoodshouse.com transform your life today we have partnered with a superfood manufacturer and offer you a one-stop destination for organic non-gmo superfoods at superfoodshouse.com we offer a premium selection of nutrient-rich superfoods, from the revitalizing protein shakes to the Super Amino 23 protein tablets. These tablets help your body rapidly absorb protein, creating lean muscle and burning fat. Visit superfoodshouse.com right now and seize limited time offers on superfood products. With just a few clicks, you can have these nutritional powerhouses delivered right to your door. Superfoodshouse.com where wellness meets convenience. Your path to a healthier lifestyle begins here. All right, folks, we're running right now half off shipping on all freeze-dried food. Half off 
the sh cost of shipping on our freeze-dried food. I don't know why. You, it, maybe you have it all. Maybe you guys have it all. And if you do, good for you. But if you don't, folks, you better get ready because these people have something planned. There are, there are not 100,000 CCP here for no reason. All, all these folks from international gangs, you better be getting ready. They have something planned. What, I don't know. But I do know I do not want to be dependent on my local government or the state government or the federal government. That's a bad spot to be in. We found that out through COVID. WVWTVstore.com to get your order in now. WVWTVstore.com. All right, we're going to be joined now by a real rocket scientist, former Navy pilot, and a guy that put up satellites for the U.S. government. We won't say what agency he worked for. It had three initials, but you guys would never guess it because most Americans don't know it exists, so we'll keep it that way. When he joins us now, he has been with me many times, including a keynote speaker at my Ozarks conferences and in studio here with us. In fact, a few years ago, he was in studio as we did. Listen to this, folks. It was very eerie. We did a whole Friday night and Saturday on the importance of uh, how to respond to an active shooter. We did active shooter training Friday night, all day Saturday, online with multiple guests we brought in the studio. The next day was the, that Sunday, was the largest murder of people in a church in American history to date. Yeah, a lot of people asked us the week before, why are you guys doing this? Sadly, that was a Friday night and Saturday on that Sunday, the largest murder of people inside an American church to date. So we've been working with him a long time. Jason Pratt joins us. Hey, Jason, thanks for being with us. Hey, Brandon, my pleasure to be here with you. Glad to have you with us. All right, let's take a look at this picture here. What is this? What is this? Yeah, so that's uh, on the, the black pieces uh, on the left and right there are the, uh, the payload fairings uh, for a uh, Falcon 9 rocket. And right in the middle there is the Odysseus lunar lander uh, brought to you by uh, Intuitive Machines. Uh, as part of a NASA program. It was the CLIPS program, the Commercial Lunar Payload Service. Uh, and it was part of their uh, one point or one, $118 million contract with NASA. And that's just prior to those two uh, halves of the payload fairing uh, securing that satellite inside the launch vehicle there, the Falcon 9 launch vehicle. Okay, so that would close up, secure it, the rocket would launch. You were involved in this many, many times to the government, right? Yes, with the various different uh, satellites, but uh, similar process as far as uh, attaching a uh, payload uh, onto the launch vehicle adapter there and uh, what's called the path below it, the black uh, kind of a pyramid looking uh, conical uh, piece that's attached to the upper uh, stage of the of the Falcon rocket. And so that thing launched last week and it landed on the moon, but I hear it's tipped over. Is that true? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I think we have another picture of uh, kind of what the mission profile was, uh, was to look like. Um, you know, very, very interesting. Uh, a project, the CLIPS program that NASA is doing. They're, they're trying to have uh, multiple commercial uh, ventures get landers onto the moon for a variety of reasons. Obviously, we want to get uh, humans back on the moon, walking and even uh, kind of setting up bases there. And so uh, part of this particular lander, uh, the Odysseus or Odie for short, was to explore the south pole of uh, the moon uh, because of uh, expected large amounts of ice, uh, solid uh, water uh, there. And so they wanted to do some research into that, as well as a few other payloads that were on board this uh, spacecraft. So you can see uh, it was uh, to land there real close to the south pole of the moon. Uh, so if you look up uh, in the night sky tonight at the full moon and look at the six o'clock position, that's where uh, Odie is uh, resting uh, uh, kind of peacefully, I guess, right now. 
Um, Are they going to get it to stand back up? I mean, you can't just – it doesn't have the ability to stand up on its own, right? I mean, it's not, that's not going to happen, right? Correct. Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, a completely autonomous vehicle. Uh, it's obviously unmanned. And so the, uh, you know, it's a very challenging mission, obviously something that hasn't been done in over 50 years. So Apollo 17 was the last uh, lunar lander to, to be on the moon. Uh, and that was in 1972. And so uh, America's had not had a soft, what's called a quote unquote soft moon landing since uh, so uh, this was to be the next one, Odie, followed by the next day by Peregrine. Uh, Peregrine launched uh, on board a ULA Vulcan uh, rocket. It was the first flight, CERT-1, of that new rocket for ULA. And uh, unfortunately, Peregrine experienced a, uh, a propulsion system uh, uh, anomaly, which uh, basically scrubbed its launch. Uh, that, that flight uh, had the uh, ashes of several uh, humans, including uh, some of the remains of uh, Arthur C. Clarke. And so that was to be a, a lunar burial, uh, along with a bunch of other... Remind uh, our audience who that is, our, our Arthur, Arthur C. Clarke. Clarke's a, a famous uh, author. In fact, he's uh, the one that kind of proposed a geocentric orbit that would be useful for satellite communications uh, long before the time. And then, in fact, that's exactly uh, what we uh, get our satellite TV from now is uh, what he proposed. And so what was the purpose of this... Uh mission to the moon again yeah so this one in particular Odie, uh, all of them are really to kind of do some exploration of the moon map out the moon uh do some more landings get better at landings uh in order to prepare for uh crewed space flights and astronauts landing on the moon and and looking at uh, various landing uh sites and uh understanding again the topography of the moon better as well as potential uh for like you know uh ice uh, solid water that could be used to help um, for a variety of reasons from a moon base there to potentially eventually get to Mars even and, and use some of the ice to help with uh, uh, fueling rockets. So that, that was the intent of this. It had uh, about 12 payloads on board, six commercial and six NASA payloads. And uh, they were to do a variety of, of things. Um, one was to investigate the plume of a lunar lander as it hits, uh, gets to the moon surface and fires its rockets. And what does it do uh, to the surface? They wanted to better understand that. Uh, and then uh, there were a few others. One uh, interesting thing was from Emory-Riddle University, they had EagleSat, and that was to be deployed about 100 feet above uh, the lunar surface and kind of videotape the, uh, the lander Odie as it made its descent. Unfortunately, as Odie approached uh, the lunar surface, uh, getting ready to land, uh, fortuitously, they were checking uh, part of the uh, laser rangefinder on Odie and found that um, a safety uh, lock had not been disabled on on the ground. So that picture you saw of it uh, sitting before encapsulation. We do uh, some preps just prior to the encapsulation last minute, uh, kind of RBF remove before flight uh, functions. And that was to uh, undo the uh, the safety latch for the, the laser rangefinder. And so when uh, they, they were checking on it just prior to landing, they realized that uh, that was not functioning. Uh, so they scrambled, they delayed landing by about two hours uh, but fortunately for them, they had another payload uh, that was on board that uh, uh, was was very helpful. They were able to kind of reprogram the uh, put a, a computer patch in to allow it to use the NASA NDL uh, software or uh, hardware, which was a, another type of lidar uh, rangefinder. And so they used that as a secondary or backup, uh, and uh, basically allowed the the satellite or the the spacecraft to uh, approach the moon and uh, and make a landing uh, but because the primary rangefinder was not functioning they were unable to uh to let the uh the eagle cam uh, satellite go mm. uh, which would have been very helpful uh, in the events that followed then we'd have pictures of exactly what happened 
uh, in the events that followed as the lander approached the, the lunar surface and uh, it did in fact tip over. So as uh, the, the lander was approaching the moon, it came around from the backside and uh, was kind of traveling uh, from east to west on the, towards the South Pole, uh, low uh, uh, latitude there. And it was traveling, it had slowed down significantly. It was over 1,100 miles per hour. It slowed down to a descent of about six miles per hour with a, a westerly or uh, um, uprange travel of about two miles per hour. The uh, landing location was in a, a subdued crater with uh, the, the topography there was, had about a 12 uh, degree uh, slant on it. So I think coupled with the, the movement uh, uh, uprange along with the uh, slant of the ground, uh, and even just one rock uh, could have uh, snagged on one of the lander's uh, feet, and it did cause it to uh, tip over. And so uh, it did come to rest on its side, uh, covering up one of the payloads, and then the, uh, the, the three solar rays on the uh, spacecraft were uh, not in ideal uh, orientation to the sun. So it's not getting sufficient uh, solar power to continue so it's to- it's going to die. Yeah, it was going to die anyway. So the planned mission was uh, it land what last Thursday was they were hoping to get seven to 10 days of mission out of it. Um, the the lunar day is uh, 28.3 Earth days. Uh, so that's the cycle of the moon with about 14.15 days in light and 14.15 days in darkness. Uh, but it towards the South Pole there, it gets about 20 days of darkness. So uh, in the next day or so, uh, the South Pole area is going dark and it'll be dark for the next uh, 20 days or so. And so the uh, the satellite was gonna work as long as it could, as long as the batteries could hold out, uh, keeping the heaters running and running the payloads, but they were only expecting a couple days. They were, they were ideally looking for up to seven or 10 days worth, which would have taken it to the end of this week. But at this point, uh, they're expecting maybe uh, as soon as just tomorrow morning that wow. uh, the satellite will be uh, out of commission. All right, you sent me some other slides here. Uh, I'm guessing you wanted to talk about the solar flares last week. Let's go to this picture right here. Is that what oh, you yeah. were you wanting to talk to me about these solar flares? Yeah, we can certainly uh, shift to that. Um, kind of fascinating events last week. You know, um, you know, your previous uh, talk with Todd Benzman, great uh, seg segment there. Um, and, and speaking of those. Uh, automatic weapons. Those are Glock switches, by the way, that uh, the ATF has been uh, very aware of, very concerned about a uh, lot of gang activity utilizing those. Very simple to install, and it turns a Glock pistol into a fully automatic machine pistol. Mm -hmm. um, and so a big concern there. Now, we, we have that activity. We have another mysterious balloon floating over uh, the continental U.S. at high altitude. We have cyber attacks, and we have our cell phone systems and radios uh, going uh, dormant uh, last week, uh, about simultaneous with also an, what's called a, a, an X-event solar storm. And so that's a very uh, severe solar storm. Uh, the various solar storms, they start with a B and, and go all the way up to X. Uh, typically, they're from uh, like a, a B1 to 9, uh, but the X is the top category. So it can go X1 up to what whatever number uh, it, it has to go to. So we, were, we saw last week uh, two X1 events. Uh, followed by an X6, uh, I believe it was almost 6.7 event. So uh, that that does show what an, an X class looks like. Yeah, so there are the various solar storms, the BCM and X, and uh, you can see uh, the various spots. Now, um, with, with satellite launching, uh, one, one thing that we do pay attention to for both the rocket as well as the satellite on board, we do watch uh, the solar weather. And so this is a, 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 a website 
uh, that that we will go to during uh, launch. It's a NOAA website looking at space weather, and we'll keep an eye on the GOES weather satellite uh, uh, um, set of satellites that, that give us uh, information regarding uh, the proton and the electron flux of the sun and solar storms. In particular, we're concerned about uh, ECMs or, or our CEMs, coronal mass ejections. I'm sorry, CMEs, coronal mass ejections. And, and those mass ejections are putting out um, lots of highly charged protons and electrons, protons a lot heavier, but electrons moving very quickly, both of which can have uh, serious impacts uh, to our satellites as well as the launch vehicle. So space weather is very important to us during uh, launch. So those X events would have been a, a concern if we were launching something. So do you uh, think it was solar flares that, I mean, because it's kind of ironic, all these people, and you may have seen some of my shows where I was showing these YouTube channels of all these guys that, you know, like why people watch hurricanes and tornadoes. These guys watch for solar flares and NASA's, you know, telescope on the sun and they're showing these solar flares. And then within a few hours, we have a communications problem. Do you think there's a relation to that or was it something else? Um, it's hard to say because with all the events, it, you know, was there a cyber attack? Was there something in the payload of that balloon? Uh, and then certainly the type of a, an X6 uh, solar storm would absolutely affect uh, radio communications. And so what are the odds of all these things, Jason, happening at the same time within the same few days? Yeah, it's very, very, uh, yeah, very coincidental because um, solar storms are relatively unpredictable. They do go in a, an 11-year cycle. I heard you talking about cycles. So the uh, solar uh, storm cycle is an 11-year cycle. And so uh, July of 2025 is when it's supposed to hit its peak. Uh, but building up to that, this this whole uh, year going up to uh, July, a little more than a year from now, uh, we should be, uh, we're expecting to see the peak of solar storms. So we're already seeing a very active solar storm season here in what's, what's called um, solar season uh, 25. And so, um, you know, the, but these particular storms can't really be predicted. That's why we keep satellites on them. It, it does only take, um, I, I was going to look up the time frame for it to travel. I mean, these storms are traveling at the speed of light. So it takes minutes to come from uh, the time that a sunspot is uh, uh, ejecting something and having a storm and putting it towards the earth for it to reach the earth. Uh, you know, so I asked, I asked David uh, Pine that last week, and of course that's not his area, but of expertise, but it seemed to me like, boom, they happen. And within, you know, a period of time, like, wow, does it really get here this that fast? And you're saying at the speed of, uh, it travels at the speed of light. So it would be here within a few hours, correct? Yeah, I, I, for some reason, eight minutes is is sticking in my head, but I'd, I'd have to double check that. Um, I haven't, I haven't been responsible for that part of launch in a little while. So I, I, we let someone else. Uh, so in conclusion, uh, what does all this tell you as a former Navy guy, fighter pilot, rocket scientist, a guy that's done stuff in the national security realm that you cannot talk about? What does all this tell you on a layman open source using only open sources? What, what, what are you concerned about? Particularly, we also add in the fact we got China here with, with uh, turning semi-automatics into automatics. What concerns you in closing? Yeah, all of this. Um, this this is uh, building up to be a, a true another black swan event, as many others in the intel community, former intel community people, special operators uh, are starting to discuss more uh, black swan events. So I think uh, the key is, is not only prepping, but preparedness. Um, I'm, I'm looking into an organization. Uh, I haven't contacted them yet, but I'm looking to join them and, and maybe partner with them. It's called American Contingency uh, that was founded by a former Green Beret, Mike Glover. And uh, he started training civilians, you know, berets, Green Berets go around the world training other militaries 
uh, to, to conduct their military operations. And he started training American civilians and citizens, uh, which he caught a lot of flack for. But he said, well, why can I do this in other countries, but I can't do it here? So he's been preparing, uh, helping Americans prepare now for well over 10 years. And he started this American contingency. And so uh, things that we need to be prepared for, you need to have uh, alternative forms of communication. So I'm building that network up now uh, for my family and local area. You need to have uh, capability to feed yourself. Uh, so there's communication, feeding yourself. Uh, presumably you have a shelter. So keep that uh, prepared and fortified and, and able to defend it. Um, so you need to be ready for all of these uh, things. We, we know there's a, a, an army. There is foreign armies now amassing inside our borders, which is astonishing uh, that the, the domestic enemies of our constitution are allowing this to happen and that they're in power to allow it to happen. And did you so, ever think as a military fighter pilot and a guy involved in national security at a pretty high clearance, I think at one time you had hundreds under your command in the intelligence arena. Did you ever think you'd see this day uh, as a man that took an oath to defend the constitution from enemies foreign and domestic? Did you ever think you'd see this on the 48? Um, I, I think I was prepared in, in a sense that when Franklin said that, uh, you know, when he was asked, what do we have? And he said, a, a republic, if you can keep it. Um, I, those were ominous words. And, and with that, I'd, I'd say over the last uh, 15 years or so, I've been asking other military members, you know, what does a domestic enemy look like? What would they what would they look like? How would we identify them? And what would we do about it? And I have yet to get a, a good answer from anyone in the military, from enlisted ranks up to four star generals and admirals. Um, so that that definitely got my attention, and I yeah I've been concerned now for years, and have been talking to uh, fellow uh, military members about it to try to determine what what would we do about it, and I think it's going to take really we the people absolutely uh, to, families are going to have to be prepared individually and collectively. Give your website please, Jason. Yeah, so I'm building up uh, toolsofliberty.org. So that's toolsofliberty.org, and uh, looking to uh, build more information, provide information and tools. Uh, for our liberty, which will involve many of the things that I just mentioned and uh, how you can do that in partnering with like-minded organizations to build communities uh, because we will have to support one another um, and it'd be better if we're supporting one another rather than fighting one another because I think that's exactly what the enemy would like is let us fight each other first, soften each other up, and then they could come in for the for the the death blow. So we I think we need to uh, avoid that and we as American citizens need to uh, take that American grit and uh, liberty-mindedness and uh, and pursue on. Absolutely, I agree 100%, toolsofliberty.org. Thank you, Jason, for being with us. You bet, thanks for having me. Hey, joining me now is Leo Holman of leoholman.com. He's associate producer uh, with me of Worldview Report, my nightly newscast that airs at 7 p.m. Central on worldviewtube.com and at patriot.tv, and then it's posted and archived on both sites. Joining me now is Leo Holman. Hey, Leo, thanks for being with us. Hello, Brandon. How are you? I'm hanging in there, Leo. We got more news and we can probably get to. Maybe I'll go over a little bit tonight if we have to, because there's no one right behind me, uh, although Dr. Wood's on my channel. Uh, I can't believe all that's happening. Did you hear the reports with Todd Benzman tonight? No, I did not. Well, here's the headline. I heard him, talk, I heard him saying some, some uh, underreported stuff about the Chinese coming over, but I, yep. I I had to start getting ready and I missed the rest. All right. Well, here's his article from the New York Post. China is exploiting Biden's lax border policies 
imperiling the U.S. security. And then live on the air, I shared this with him, which I found out about 20 minutes or so before we went on the air. Uh, Peter Schweitzer is uh, once again doing great work, and he is warning that the Chinese government are flooding the U.S. with auto-seer switches that will turn um, their Glock switches, as they're called, quote, Glock switches, and Jason referred to that too. They take a convert a handgun into a machine gun semi-automatic into automatic. And supposedly there are tons of these that have been sent into the US and are here. Uh, and now I guess accordingly between 2019 and 2021, there's about a 4,200% uh, increase in incidents involving machine guns in 130 American cities. So this fits right in with what you and I have been warning about now for a few years, and that is a Red Dawn type scenario. We are hearing from General Flynn and others saying 100,000 CCP military age males in the U.S. Now we're seeing them from Gordon Chang's reporting at Gatestone, the pictures of them practicing after they get here with right. semi-automatics on firing ranges. Where are they getting it? Now we seem to find out from Peter Schweitzer's report, they're getting it from the Chinese government. They have pre-stationed and are shipping over machine guns and machine gun parts, and then parts to turn uh, semi-automatics into automatics. You know, uh, Leo, uh, I cannot tell this audience enough how much we have been telling them that this was coming. And I don't think the American people are gonna realize until unfortunately there are going to be countless Americans dead when this war breaks out on our soil that they are apparently are planning. What say you? Uh, are these Glock switches legal? No, they're not legal. I think you have to have special permits to get them here in the U.S. So the Chinese aren't getting any special permits. They're just being, <laughs> they're just shipping they're them being in handed, here. They're being, these things are being funneled to them uh, uh, through the through the uh, back channels. He writes in blood money. Schweitzer says the leaked U.S. federal law enforcement documents. This is leaked federal documents to reveal how China is trying to arm felons and criminal gangs across the U.S. with these auto sear switches. So no, they're not legal. Because I've to, heard you have of to obtain a license to get one. They are illegal in the U.S. except for used by law enforcement personnel and a select group of others who must obtain a federal license requiring extensive criminal background check. Okay, okay. So it involves a special uh, federal license, like any type of machine gun would. Yeah, most people aren't uh, aware in America that machine guns are legal, but you have to go through a special FBI background check. And pay check, a lot which, of money. And pay a two hundred dollars, uh, I believe it is. It's oh, not, I think it's more it has, expensive than that now, but I could check. Yeah, check on that. I think it's still two hundred dollars. But what they've done for sure, I know of, is it used to be you would go through this background check in about a month, six weeks time. Now it's years. Right. I mean, so you, the bottom you, line is I got a lot to get to. The bottom line is this is exactly what we were talking about, Lee. Yes. This is what we were telling people they better be ready for. And 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 so we're going to be going up with our little you know, uh, Glocks that shoot one shot per trigger pull and they'll have semi and they'll have fully automatic Glocks to return fire at us is basically uh, what's what what we're learning here. That's exactly right. All right. Let's go to the next thing here. This is Laura Logan. She texted me last night. Laura did to tell me that she was going to be testifying. And uh, I thanked her so much for telling me so I could track it. I want to play a little bit of what Laura Logan had Laura Logan had to say today before Ron Johnson's committee. Listen to this. You folks. said you've been targeted over the last 10 years. <clears throat> Can you describe what precipitated your targeting? Yes, I'm reporting the truth 
about Benghazi. I was attacked by one of those NGOs that masquerades as a nonpartisan watchdog in violation of its 5013C status. It occupies a highly partisan position. I'm talking about Media Matters for America. I'm sure there's many doctors in this room, scientists who've been attacked by the same people. Um, the same people that run that, David Brock, for example, another political assassin, now runs an organization called Facts First USA, which is designed to make sure that your research, Dr. Hazan, never reaches never reaches the people or the public. There are other organizations like Defeat Disinfo, which claims to be a pack that goes after disinformation, particularly set up to target COVID and throughout COVID with General Stanley McChrystal and the other people that advise that organization. But what, you know, Senator Johnson, it's not a secret that these organizations exist. What is not widely known and talked about is that it's paid for by us. It's paid for by the taxpayers in your omnibus spending bills that get shoved through the House and the Senate against the will of the people of this country. They are, there are cutouts for these NGOs. And what they do is they launder this money, they pass it from one NGO to the next, and in the name of preventing the spread of disinformation, they censor, silence, intimidate, and punish. I said that this is a death sentence for journalists. It's how you murder a journalist without killing them. It's how you murder a scientist without killing them. It's how you murder a doctor without killing them. It's how you murder the vaccine injured when they haven't died yet. It's how you finish them off and everybody else in their family. And it's time for people in this building who come to work every day here who's to serve us. This is the only country where we the people are the government. This is a government for the people, of the people, and by the people. And the same is said for so-called journalists. Del Brigtree, this man, has been targeted for simply going to the FDA hearings and filming them when they approve vaccines. Just filming them, not doing a thing, and putting that, putting that out and showing people there is no real approval process. They didn't actually do their jobs. And for that, he's been targeted for years, long before COVID ever hit. So it's time now for us to stop taking taxpayer funds to slit our own throats. Well, thank you. <clears throat> One of the many reasons I generally vote no on those. But thank you, Ms. Logan. All right, quick comment on that before I move to the new topic, Leo. Yeah, uh, Brandon, I've experienced everything she described firsthand. I mean, I, I worked 28 years for mainstream newspapers. I took a few years off to go and work for WorldNet Daily. Uh, when they imploded financially, I went back into mainstream newspapers and they looked me up online, found out I'd written a book called Stealth Invasion about uh, Islamic immigration to the West. And they said, sorry, you cannot have a job here anymore, uh, even though they were eager to hire me until they did the Internet search and said that... Uh, uh, we didn't like some of the things we found that you'd written online. So, uh, yeah, like she said, they censor, they silence, they murder you without killing you. And then uh, it happened to me again, Brandon, just about a year ago when my book Stealth Invasion was banned by Amazon after being uh, sold on that website for six years. So, yeah, you either play ball with the mainstream corporate media and its government controllers or uh, you you report the truth and you pay a, a major price for it. But here, like she also, go ahead, Brandon. And here's what she's had to say about the government. Listen to this. It is collaborating with government agencies and operatives to censor and shape the information battlefield to justify certain actions. For example, when the president of the United States threatens the unvaccinated, saying our patience is wearing thin, 
and accuses them of putting communities at risk. His words are designed to justify hatred, censorship, and intimidation. And when the Vice President compares January 6 to 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, it is a predicate to silence the opposition and justify the weaponization of the justice system. We are already witnessing another shaping operation to influence the outcome of the 2024 election, this time with the false claim that if one side wins, it will be the end of democracy. This lie contrived to ensure a particular outcome and to sabotage free speech yet again. Well, 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 well spoken by Laura Logan. Quick comment before we move to the next topic. So much truth there, Brandon. You'll recall a couple years ago, Jen Psaki, when she was the press secretary for Biden, let the cat out of the bag when she said uh, for all the world to hear that, quote, we check in weekly with Facebook and all the major social media platforms. Why? Uh, to discuss narratives and to discuss which narratives are allowed and which narratives should be censored. They check in weekly. Jen Sockley admitted that. So uh, what the government is unable to censor itself, it farms out to the social media companies. Here's a headline from one group out of Michigan. Michigan State Board members warn state homeschool registration list is a precursor to unwarranted home entry. The article says on February 13th, the Michigan State Board of Education met for their monthly meeting. Towards the end of the meeting, prior to the closing, board member Tom McMillan of Oakland Township added his comments regarding a push to require registration requirements for homeschooling. McMillan's issue with creating a registration has been contentious subject in Michigan dating back to at least 2015. However, recently, the proposed list idea has thrust itself back into the spotlight after a case in Clinton County where two couples are accused of adopting nearly 30 children, some of whom the couples are accused of abusing. In response to the case, by the way, that's right, take one case and use it to whitewash all the homeschoolers. And one has to wonder if the government somewhere along the way didn't uh, allow this to happen and encourage this to happen so they could take the case and then say, oh, we need a solution. In other words, manufacture the crisis and then offer up the solution, registering all homeschoolers and have a warrant to come into their house. So I would have to I would have to see if this was not a government manufactured crisis with that home. But in response to the case, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel said in an ex post that, quote, implementing monitoring mechanisms is crucial to ensure that all children, including those homeschooled, receive necessary protections. And quote, McMillan believes that a quote, mere registration, a list of people will not help prevent what A.G. Nestle is talking about. In quote, he believes the list is nothing more than a pathway to monitoring and said that Nestle is, quote, saying the quiet part out loud. I appreciate this man speaking up. And here is that recording. We'll play just a minute or two. Uh, Listen to this. Comments by state board members. Mr. McMillan. So this whole home, you know, and I should have, I could have brought it up because you brought it up during your superintendent report, but this whole homeschooling thing is really uh, quite disturbing. And one of the things that disturbs me about this is the disingenuousness of the discussion. Because we have people like the Senate Education Committee Chair, uh, Dana Pohanke, saying that when asked about increasing regulations beyond re registration, she said, not on my watch. Well, we got Attorney General Nessel that says that she wants to do it because 
the foster care system didn't do their job and apparently homeschool parents, there was some abuse going on at a homeschool home. Actually, it sounds like the foster care system, but certainly a mere registration, a list of people is not going to have anything to do or will not help prevent what Attorney General Nessel is talking about. So she's already kind of said the quiet part out loud. She basically said, we want this list so that we can have unwarranted home entry without a warrant, warrantless home entry into homeschool, into this particular targeted group. And we want to be able to go in there. And, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad things happening all around the state, potentially in some houses. But we have a legal system that says you have to have a warrant before you go in. However, because of this one instance, you know, some in the state want to be able to barge in and bust the door down. And I'm not being, you know, it's not hyperbolic. I mean, if they knock on the door and they say, no, I don't want you to come in. And there's all kind of reasons not to have them in. I don't I hope I'm not the only one. But, you know, there's to have the government come into your house. I don't know. There's a book called Three Felonies a Day. I can't remember the guy's name that wrote it. But I mean, if the government wants to get you, they're going to find something. And so you there's just without warrant, they shouldn't be coming into your house. And and so I just think that this is this is it's going to go beyond registration. You know, there's there's even either naive, they're either naive or they're being disingenuous for anybody to say, all we want to do is have a list. It's going to go significantly further than that. They're going to either want to know exactly what's being taught or they're going to want entry into the houses. And so I think that this is a real a real problem. I guess I just wish that the debate would be sincere because we have we have one of the leaders in the education area saying, I promise you on my watch, it'll never happen. And that's only a few years. But we know that in other instances, registration leads to confiscation. Registration leads to getting in a rounding up. I mean, there's just registration is the first step and it's not the only step. And I wish that the debate were clear that, you know, it's going to be a lot further than registration. The desire that the attorney general has already articulated said that she wants warrantless home entry into this targeted group of people. And I think it's dangerous. You know, there's I think that that could be any, you know, the next group could be next. I mean, who knows who the next group is that there's a target for warrantless home entry. So I just I that's my initial comment. Does that make your blood boil or not? Now, he said this was going to be what Dana Nessel wants to do. Dana Nessel, the attorney general of Michigan. Hmm. You mean this Dana Nessel? This Dana Nessel? Thanks, supporters on big night of her Michigan Democrat win. This Dana Nessel? Is this who you want being able to bust your door down, homeschoolers in Michigan? I wonder how she feels about conservatives and Christian homeschoolers. I don't know. Maybe we can tell by her behavior in the public. I love you guys. Also, come make out with me now. Oh, yeah. What did she say? Come make out with me.
Also, come make out with me now. <laughs> That's right. That's who you want monitoring your homeschool families. Right, Leo? Oh, unbelievable, Brandon. Michigan is in a boatload of trouble. I knew they were in trouble when they elected and then reelected these two uh, dictatorial, tyrannical women. Uh, but it's obvious what's going on here, right? Uh, what the government registers, the government can regulate. It gives them a pretext to enter and inspect, enter and search, enter and seize. Uh, now, they say there was a foster care family that uh, had some abuses and it was a homeschool family. Brandon, that would be like saying there's a accounting firm that filed some fraudulent tax returns. So now we need to require all accounting firms to register their businesses, giving us the pretext to go in and uh, uh, inspect, search, seize, and basically shut them down if we want. This is baloney. Everybody knows it. Uh, they're looking for a pretext and they just concocted one. Now, what needs to happen here is all the homeschool families need to be contacting uh, HSLDA, the Homeschool Legal Defense Fund, uh, and get their ducks in a row now before Dana Nessel sends someone to bash down their door. Because I'm telling you what, if you get a good lawyer in hand, uh, this is not going to fly. These warrantless searches of homeschool families uh, just because Dana Nessel is out to grind an ax against them. We're also hearing that the uh, CIA built uh, 12 secret spy bases in Ukraine and waged a shadow war for the last decade. That's a new bombshell report by the New York Times. Uh, hmm, the CIA. Mm -hmm. And again, what have we been saying on this program now for a long time? That the CIA is behind this mess in Ukraine. It's a gigantic money laundering scam. The CIA is behind it. They're pushing us to war. And when they're not trying to push us to war, apparently they're funding, I think, assassinations overseas. Oh, maybe they just tried to assassinate Tucker Carlson while he was in Russia. Speak about these two, please. Absolutely. Uh, that that story broke today out of Russia. Uh, Brandon, uh, we don't have it confirmed yet. It's going to be difficult to confirm. But I'll tell you what, right now, I hate to say it, the Russian government has a better track record of truth than the gentlemen and women in Washington, D.C. We just found out today that uh, the uh, Russian opposition leader, Mr. Alexei Navalny, was not murdered by the Russian government. He died of natural causes. He had a blood clot, Brandon. This was admitted now by the a Ukrainian uh, government official just today. It's in it's in uh, the Gateway Pundit if people want to read the story. So another uh, week-long story where the Western media ran with, got it out there for their propaganda talking point saying that Russia murdered their uh, their chief opposition party's leader, and it was a lie all along. So why should we believe anything they say about this, Brandon? Yeah, and we're not sitting here being defenders of, uh, of everything Putin ever has said or done. What we're defenders of is not going to war and sending our children to fight and die in a war for the military industrial complex and for the global new world order or for moving the chess pieces on the board of who they want in power in certain countries to advance their new world order or the military industrial complex making a fortune, not to mention again, the depopulation. And yet 
alive. I'm afraid that's what they're doing. Now, what do you hear about the uh, supposed attempt to put a bomb in uh, Tucker Carlson's car while in uh, in 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 uh, the former Soviet Union in Russia? Yeah, there's a gentleman uh, who was arrested supposedly in Russia. Uh, he was recruited, he says, by the Ukrainian intelligence service last November of 2023, trained in explosive devices. And the first assignment he was given, he said, uh, was to place a bomb underneath the car of Tucker's driver. Uh, this car was parked at the Four Seasons Hotel in Moscow, while which is where Tucker was staying. And uh, something went wrong and he was outed and arrested before he could complete the mission. And uh, there's a video of him explaining this entire thing. Now, some people will say, you know, he's looks like he's reading from a script and the Russians are probably forcing him to say that. That's probably true. But does that mean it's necessarily false? Uh, that's what we're trying to determine, Brandon. But like I said, with the track record going right now, I would put my money on this being true. Um, it, that article is also uh, in the Gateway Pundit uh Several others were reporting it on Twitter, and it was show it was printed in the Gateway Pundit later this evening, Brandon. So mm -hmm. uh, other World Net Daily also picked it up. So some pretty trusted news sources besides ourselves are all running with it today. So it's it's looking more true by the hour. And uh, and then finally here we have the very where it's scrambled, folks. So don't worry, we're not going to show you anything. It's scrambled. But here is the video footage of a uh, U.S. Air Force man uh, lighting himself on fire in front of the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., which really begs the question, what are they teaching the Air Force guys? What are they teaching our guys in the military? We know what they're teaching. They're teaching wokeness. It also makes one wonder, is this guy mentally disturbed? I think the answer, in my opinion, is yes. Anytime you light yourself on fire, that's probably a strong indication you're mentally disturbed. How many of these mentally disturbed people do we have in our military? Uh, we've moved out the good people. We couldn't have any MAGA people. We couldn't have any patriots. Uh, we couldn't have those that didn't want the clot shot. But apparently you can have guys that are willing to light themselves on fire and scream free Palestine. So again, what is with the U.S. military? Absolutely insane, Brandon. Uh you know, they've been purging the military since the days of Obama. Uh, it's been on steroids under Biden. Uh, it was mostly the officer corps under Biden. Go ahead and under... lift the volume on that. Let's hear it. I'm going to back it up. He's screaming free Palestine. I mean, this is, this is again, what is yeah. going on in our yeah. military? Listen to this. He's still screaming free Palestine. I, I don't know. I don't know how there's anything left of him at that point. I, I have no idea myself. But he was still screaming free Palestine. Uh, 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 that's our military. That is a military guy, in my opinion, saying, "Go Hamas, kill all the Jews you can. Go, go Hamas, kill all the Jews you can." That's what I think he's really shouting. Agree? Agree. That's clearly a, appears to be his ideological agenda. And he's in uh, our military. Right. But but don't you dare have any MAGA people. Don't you dare have any patriots, constitutionalists, people wearing MAGA gear going to a Trump rally. But you load the military up with these kind of people. 
Yes, that's what I was saying, that under Obama, they, they purged mostly the high officer corps of conservative patriotic Americans and uh, and advanced the globalist members of the officer corps. But now under Biden, we're seeing the same tactic against the uh, rank and file military, where they are uh, questioning them, they are grilling them, they are putting them in the brig and, and failing to advance them if they, they're just basically harassing them. Uh, Brannon, if they don't uh, attest to a core set of very leftist values, and one of which is free Palestine. It, it is a sad state of affairs. Sadly, this young man has died. It's it's pitiful. But again, I has think he died? I, I heard today he died. Oh, uh, okay. and, but it gets to the whole point, which is the military, I'm afraid, is filled with guys that feel this way, that have been trained and brainwashed this way. And uh, We've cleaned out the good guys. Let me tell you something. You got these kind of guys that are that radical. Let me ask you this, Leo. Do you think if they've got enough of those kind of guys that are that unhinged, in my opinion, that radical, do you think those kind of guys, if ordered to, would turn against the American people? I don't think they would hesitate if they were not. asked to turn against a certain segment of the American people, uh, because that would be the segment that's not for, you know, free Palestine and transgenderism in the schools and uh, all the things that they're being brainwashed to accept as normal and uh, laudable. No. So if if they were said, if they were told to go attack a certain group that's against everything they think is good, uh, do you think they're going to obey the orders? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Leo, leoholman.com, leoholman.com is the website, leoholman.com. What's your substack, Leo? leoholman.substack.com. That, that would make sense, would it not? Leo and Holman. I've got a very uh, interesting article up there about uh, CBDCs coming soon in the European Union. Uh, people will want to check that out because it's going to be a harbinger of things to come here. leoholman.substack.com? Yes. Okay. Thank you as always, Leo. Thanks, Brandon. Hey, before we go, folks, let me tell you something. Here's a way I think you can support your health and us too. This elixir right here, come back to me first. This elixir right here, I took one of these before we went on the air. I had one this morning, then I had one right before I came on the air today. It has collagen. Men, we need collagen. Good for hair growth. It's good for your eyes, flexibility of your joints and muscles, ligaments. And then, of course, it's good for your skin. See, my hands are still clean, not, not cracked and bleeding like they have for so many winters in a row. Then we have anti-inflammatory cat's claw. It's, an, it's from a vine, a bark on a vine in, in Peru. It's an anti-inflammatory cat's claw. A lot of our problems are inflammation. By the way, a lot of people keep asking if I've lost weight. Not that I know of. I sure haven't done anything to lose weight. I should probably. But I think it's my face looks thinner because of the anti-inflammatory. I'm not kidding you. Because I have other friends who are saying they got on it too. And now people are asking if they lost weight. They, there's The puffiness has left a lot of their facial area because I think of that anti-inflammatory. So you look like you've lost weight when you really haven't. It's just decreased your puffiness. So that anti-inflammatory, I think, is part of that. And then in addition to the cat's claw, the collagen, we have astraxanthin which is a, a powerful, powerful antioxidant. It goes after those free radicals. I think we all know what that means, right? And it crosses the brain-blood barrier. In fact, this kind of astraxanthin got the 2022 award, the Cognitive 2022 award. So please, consider doing what? Well, well over 1,000 of you have done. 
you have a subscription that shows up at your house, just like Melissa and I do. She takes it twice a day. I take it twice a day. Now, you can take it once a day if you want. That's up to you. But I would urge you to order it. Just go to the website, melissahousebg.com. Click on the order. You can get a box and sample it, or just go ahead and get the subscription because, like so many people, they keep taking it. Over 80% retention on this. Why? Because it's working for them. I could tell you my testimonials, and I have. I don't have time tonight. You just take it. You rip the top off. You drink it. You're done. And folks, again, I am sold on this for many, many reasons. Again, go to the website, Melissa House BG, read the clinical trials, read the science behind it, folks. This, There is science behind this. Read up on it and find out all about it. If you go to the bottom of the page, whoop, go to the bottom of the page and you'll find all of these interviews. There's my last interview right there with Dr. Mark Miller. That's the one I did on December 2nd, actually. Here's the one I did the other day. So again, check these out, read them, find all, out all about, this is the most recent one right here. Read all about these uh, this product and listen to the interviews by Dr. Lana, Dr. Victoria, Dr. Mark Miller. Check it out, folks. This is the real deal. I want to throw out that disclaimer because I have no choice. This product has not been approved or valued by the FDA. It's not intended to treat, cure, or prevent any disease. But boy, I want you to check it out. And then finally, right here, superfoodshouse.com. Superfoodshouse.com. We made our own landing page for it. This is another company vetted and brought to you by Melissa House. Folks, it is a fruit and it is a vegetable shake. Uh, we love to juice, as I've told you, but it takes a lot of time and a lot of cleanup. She's on the 30-day program. You don't have to do the 30-day program. You could just add water to whatever is your favorite uh, fruit or vegetable powder. Dark berry, the super meal, the MVP sport. You can do the, the, uh, the uh, beets. You can do carrots. You can do whatever you want. Uh, or you can do the 30-day plant. Just add water. Then you don't have to do all the juicing and everything else. They've done it for you. They bring the organic fruits and vegetables in from the field. They juice it. They dehydrate it. The powder goes into a bag, shipped to you. You mix it. You're getting all the benefits of the juicing without having to do the juicing. And it's not sprayed. No glyphosate. No Roundup. No pesticides. Check it out. It is something that you should definitely look into. It is uh, superfoodshouse.com. And then finally, do you appreciate all we're doing here? If you appreciate all we're doing, please go right here, right now. WVWfoundation.com. WVWfoundation.com. All right. We need your support, folks. We are looking for more regular com uh, uh, sponsors here. So please, $5, $10, $20 a month, whatever it is you can afford, please go ahead and get signed up to help us. Our foundation exists to help us push out programming for free, whereas we could put it right behind a paywall and only those that pay see it. Nope. We'll go off the air. I'll send the descriptions of each segment to Annie. She'll post them online. And in just a couple hours, it'll appear right here on this website, right here, worldviewtube.com, worldviewtube.com. All of the segments will be there for you to watch again and again and again, free of charge. Now, it's our foundation that helps us do that, helps us push out free Christian worldview programming uh, as a public service. So our foundation is one of our biggest sponsors. So please consider going there right now and making a contribution. And then tell all your friends and family about all the free shows that are archived there for you, please, at worldviewtube.com.
All right, roll that music, Thomas. We went a little over tonight, but that is okay. There's no one directly right behind me. We'll go to Dr. Andy Woods on at worldviewtube.com and at patriot.tv. I'm not sure what's there. I'm sure it'll be good, whatever it is. It might even be yours truly in a rerun, but we will soon and very soon have another 9 o'clock host right behind me on patriot.tv. We are excited that we added Jason Lewis tonight at 5 Central. He'll be back tomorrow night in his brand-new studio there in Florida that we built for him. And we have a lot of new surprises coming. And later this week, General Flynn at 6 o'clock Central at Patriot.tv will have with him Vivek Ramaswamy along with others. He had Colonel McGregor tonight. That'll be posted soon at Patriot.tv. Again, thank you so much for watching and thank you for your support. Spread the word about the two powerful channels, WorldviewTube.com and Patriot.tv complimentary channels working together to bring you the best programming available. Thanks for watching. May God save America. Take care.